Hey guys, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Rockies podcast on your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia, here with Mile High Sports. You can check out all the work that I do at milehighsports.com or on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all the social media websites. You can look at my work at Mile High Sports or at Vita Viva Diva. Don't forget to check out my co-host, Oftentimes, it's Anilo Piro and our editor, Luke, and I never say Luke's last name because I don't even know how to pronounce it, but Luke and Anilo do some really good features as well as game recaps that are written. If that's your favorite form of consumption of news, then go ahead and read their work at milehighsports.com. And if this is your favorite form of consumption, just listening to a podcast on the way to work or on the way home from work then you should definitely subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe, unsubscribe, get your friends to subscribe. When you do subscribe, then you can tell your smart device to play Locked On Podcast um, or Locked On Rockies, and it will actually play, voice control, play for you in your car so you're hands-free. You can drive without worrying. It'll play the newest episode. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm definitely a fan of the podcast's uh, form of consumption. And so I do that with myself on my way to, you know, wherever I'm headed, if that's the gym or work or the studio or the Rockies game, I do the same exact thing. So I know it works and it's really, really convenient. So Definitely go ahead and subscribe. Share this podcast with your friends, neighbors, anybody you know that loves the Rockies. It really does help me out, you guys, to have this shared as much as it can can be. And shout out to Ken. Ken is always retweeting my tweets with the episodes of the podcast on it and referencing the podcast in his tweets. So really appreciate you, Ken. Hopefully you hear this shout out. So let's get into last night's game. One of the longest games I've ever watched of baseball. Not the longest, I don't think. Um, I got to see a few really long ones at AT AT&T Park when I lived in San Francisco. But definitely a long game. Ends up going into 12 innings. And it was just an interesting game because you really thought the Rockies had sealed it away. And unfortunately, they give up a huge, huge, huge lead. Eight-run lead. And give the Padres a chance to come back. Now, the Padres haven't been batting terribly against the Rockies. In particular, Machado bats very well against the Rockies um, every time he's been here. And this is the first time that Fernando Tatis Jr. has come to Coors Field, and he has been batting very well in as well. So um, they kind of led the charge, not to mention um, Renfro. With, I think he had three home runs yesterday. I ended up leaving because I had to go to my other job in the 11th. So I didn't think that it was, I thought it was going to end in the 11th, honestly, and it just needed one run. Um, In the bottom of the 11th, the Rockies were batting, and I thought, we'll get one run. And so I headed out, and then the 12th inning came, and San Diego hit five runs in the 12th. 
So the Rockies batted in the 12th and were unable to really get anything going um, and only score one run in the 12th. So let's talk about just the whole debacle. I mean, it was just an incredible game in that it even went there. When it went into extras, some of us in the press box were, were just sitting there and my neighbor, Ken, who runs rockspile.com, definitely good content there to go check it out. Kevin, Kevin um, was like, he said, I smell rewrites a coming. And that is literally when it went into extra innings right after that. So it was a very interesting game. Jeff Hoffman pitches five innings. He only allows three hits and one run. He only walks two guys and gets two strikeouts. He allows one home run, obviously, to Renfro in the second inning. And uh, But a pretty good day for Jeff Hoffman. Not a quality start because he didn't go into the sixth inning, but a good pitching day for him. And then the one thing that at least Bud Black has felt has been their strength throughout this season, their bullpen, really just blows it away. And it started with Chad Bettis. Chad Bettis comes in and allows a bunch of runs in the sixth inning. He allows a bunch of hits, I guess, not runs, but ends up allowing a, a few guys on gets out of it, works out of it, and then in the seventh allows a home run to Machado. And then McGee comes in. And in the, I believe it was in the eighth inning, McGee comes in, there were runners on. He Did he inherit some guys? I think he had inherited some. No, he comes in on his, on his own in the eighth inning, yeah. And um, it was such a long game. I'm like, which pitcher was that? And, and, and that's the other thing is that I'm wondering about is Bettis goes a couple innings, but he's the only really middle relieving guy that can go more than one inning. And I think that that is a dynamic flaw in this Rockies uh, bullpen. They really have a couple guys. Obviously, I think um, Jairo Diaz was not on his game last night, but Jairo Diaz is a guy who's pitched very well, Carlos Estevez could have pitched longer than one inning. They need to develop one of these guys into a multi-inning middle reliever because Chad Bettis just can't do it every night. He just can't. And But before we talk more about the pitching and the bullpen, don't forget that this podcast is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Take your own trip. Make it better. Make someone hate like your trip by posting great pictures online. Use Hotels.com to get rewards almost everywhere and enjoy a little vacation. So I actually totally forgot that Brian Shaw came into this game, but it was Hoffman, then Bettis, who only faced 24 batters in the sixth. And then Shaw comes in and lets up some of those runs. Then it was... McGee who comes in in the seventh and really allows some big hits. Hmm. 
allows a home run to Machado there in the seventh. And the, the ball game kind of gets rolling. And then in the eighth, you have, I guess it would have been in the eighth, Mike Dunn who comes in. Thinking it was, yeah, it was Mike Dunn. That's, <clears throat> I'm remembering correctly because it was such a long game. Mike Dunn comes in, and that was the inning in the eighth where it just really got a crazy, the eighth and the ninth got crazy out of hand. Mike Dunn allows them to score on an Austin Hedges double, then, and Renfro ends up scoring, and then in the, and then Wade Davis comes in in the ninth, and you think it's only about two outs away. You're, they're two outs away from finishing this game, and all hell breaks loose. The Padres end up scoring on a Tati single. Obviously, they had a lot of guys on, on base. Um, Machado gets on base. Hosmer gets on base. Renfro home runs again and scores those two guys. Then Will Myers gets on base. Kinsler gets on base. And um, then uh, Wade Davis walks a guy in the ninth. And then Fernando Tatis Jr. has the opportunity to score some runs with bases loaded. And he does on a single, ends up scoring two runs. And that is the tying score of the ball game. And it pretty much ends after that. That inning ends with Josh Naylor striking out because they had two two outs already in that at that point when Tatis comes to the plate. So talk about scoring with runners in position. That was a really good moment for Fernando Tatis Jr. And then the ball game just gets out of hand. You know, in the 11th, nobody can score. In the 10th, nobody can score. In the 11th, nobody scores. And then San Diego gives another five runs in the 12th against Jairo Diaz, who ends up having to play the entire game because Bud Black has now burnt through his entire bullpen and his entire um, bench players. He used Reynolds early on. Trevor Story ends up getting hit by a pitch by a ground ball that bounces up and hits him in the head and leaves the game. So Nolan Arenado, who is supposedly getting a day off of rest, ends up having to come into the game. So you burn Arenado, you burn Reynolds, Ian Desmond. They do a double switch, and Ian Des they burn Ian Desmond on that one, and then they end up using Ionetta as a pinch hitter on that double switch. Uh, no, they end up using him as a pinch hitter later on in the game, and they burn everybody. It, honestly, I felt like this game was really poorly managed, and obviously you cannot really um, anticipate Trevor Story getting hurt by any means, but I think that for a four-game homestand where you're going to need your bullpen to be healthy and you're going to need your bullpen to be rested... Bud Black didn't seem to have that on his mind. He really went through his uh, bullpen roster quite quickly, only allowing Estevez, like I said, to pitch one inning. Um, McGee only pitched one inning. Shaw pitched, I don't know, a tenth of an inning and two-thirds of an inning for Bebetis. Um, really not 
not great to allow those guys to face such few hitters. I know that they're they're working through something or they don't maybe don't have their stuff and they're causing runners to get on base, but if those runs had been scored in the seventh inning, you have a few more innings to work out of them instead of those runs being scored in the ninth inning against Wade Davis and um, and Mike Dunn. So it ends up being, I don't know, I just would have rather have seen him have the middle relievers go a little bit longer and Shaw and McGee and Bettis or Estevez and then only had to potentially fight back. And you give your offense a little bit more time to fight back. Um, but I didn't think it was, I thought it, he pulled Bettis too soon and he pulled Shaw too soon. McGee pitched a full inning and was able to get out of it. Um, but I, I do think that that is the crutch of this bullpen is the fact that they don't have any middle relievers who can go a couple innings. I think that if they were to develop a guy, it should be Jairo Diaz or potentially Carlos Estevez. I don't think that the game was well managed. I think Bud Black was anticipating not having to use Jairo Diaz and that Oberg would have finished it out. Um, and then the offense would have scored some runs. Oberg gave him some good innings and, and I'm sure he's kicking himself that he didn't bring Oberg in instead of done in the first place. But it is what it is that they burnt through everybody at the point into the 12th inning. You thought maybe, um, you were going to have to have a few, like a pinch hitter who was a starting pitcher because that's who they had run out of everybody. They end up having to have their bullpen pitchers actually bat. And I've never seen any of their bullpen pitchers even take BP. So not something that, not the way that I would have managed the game, obviously. The other thing that really came to my mind last night that I thought was interesting was Carlos Estevez is such a big guy. I wonder why they haven't developed his his ability to bat, and I'm sure that he has an ability to bat. But once you take on a, a you know a relieving pitcher role, you usually don't have to. So I I know that they I haven't ever seen him take an, a BP, but he's just a, such a big guy. He looks like Aaron Judge out there. Like why not put him at the plate and just see what kind of power he can knock one? You know, it, it was just a thought that crossed my mind. Definitely interested to see how they play tonight's game after such a exhausting game where you used every single player. I think today's game will be interesting already. As I said yes on yesterday's podcast, Herman Marquez is the one pitcher that the Rock that the Padres really know quite well and have seen several times in interleague games. I think they play 16 times a year. Um, so that means they would have seen him 16 times last year. Obviously not 16 times exactly because he didn't always have um, a start in those appearances, you know, um, in each matchup because of the rotation. But I know that they saw him quite a few times last year. Uh, in fact, I traveled with them last year to the Padres series in San Diego, and Marquez pitched there, I know, on at least – two occasions and they've seen him all last year and now they've seen him this year already so I do think that it's going to be a tough game for Marquez just on two fronts now because initially just because they've seen him so often and now because he's going to have in his mind that he needs to go extended innings or as many innings as he as he can 
because the bullpen is so shot from last night's game. And that's probably going to be the weight that's put on his shoulders because he is the number one starting pitcher in that rotation. He's the first guy, I guess, the top guy in that starting rotation now that Freeland has been dropped to AAA and working through what he's working through. So I do expect and anticipate a very interesting game from the Colorado Rockies and the San Diego Padres tonight. My prediction is probably that the Padres take a win, which is interesting because they've been on a really rough road as of recently. So I do think that the Padres get a win out of it, but I do think Hedron Marquez is an ace, and this game is a potential game where that can shine through as well. So a game worth watching in the very least. I will talk to you guys tomorrow after tonight's game, and we will divulge, divulge? I don't even know, on those to see if those predictions were true or not. We'll see. All right. I did predict Toronto heading to the to the NBA championship. So I got that one right. I didn't say that they'd necessarily win it, but I did say they'd go. Anyways, this has been the Locked On Rockies podcast on your Locked On Podcast Network. Um, please follow, subscribe on Twitter, Instagram, and all the social medias, as well as follow this podcast so you can get it anywhere you get your podcast, a Google Play or Apple or Spotify or the Himalayan app. Check it out there. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Invincible.